All right, you good? I am good to go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another very special, as always, episode of the Hyperconscious Podcast. We were lucky enough to sit down with Katie Maggio. She is the host of the Level 10 Life Podcast. Uh, we drove up to New Hampshire, yes, which was a whole thing, into yeah. the woods and thought we were going to get murdered. Um, <laughs> but Katie is an awesome, awesome, awesome young lady who is... Super motivational, and she's all about living your best self. That's what a level 10 life is. It's you know, not settling for anything and, and living up to your standards, but per the usual, since I will butcher the bio, Alaz will do it. Alaz is here. What's up, everybody? So I'm going to read her bio super quick and then talk a little bit about what we talked about and then sure. let you guys get into the episode because it was an awesome rep. My name is Katie Maggio, Ultimate Success Coach and host of the Level 10 Life Podcast, mom, wife, entrepreneur, and pet lover, founder of the Level 10 Method. Now, instead of going into a whole bunch of things, she has 10 things in particular that she considers a Level 10 life. And one thing that I want to mention that I love about her, really, is she invests a ton in herself. Absolutely. Yeah, like she has a bunch of different coaches. Yeah, life coach, fitness coach, nutrition coach. Um, she a whole she, bunch. She was actually at a seminar too, talk about investing in yourself. Yes. The day of when we when we traveled up there, usually we do earlier AMs. We did a 7 p.m. start time because she was at, believe it or not, uh, a seminar with Lori Harder at yes, it. Yes. So synchronicity here, it's fascinating. Thoughts become things. Um, and then she was having lunch with Lori the next day. So anyways, um, 10 things. Environment in your home and office. Health and fitness, number three, paying it forward, number four, fun and recreation, number five, career and business, number six, finances, seven, spirituality, eight, personal growth and development, nine, family and friends, and ten, romance, marriage, and relationships. So that is a level 10 life, and without further ado, Katie Maggio. Enjoy! No, no, no. Um... Geographically? Geographically. Geographically. This is cool. So I would say make sure that pretty face is showing. Yes, true. They're going to want to see that fucking thing. They're going to want to see that fucking thing, Alan. That fucking face. You good? Ready? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another very special, as always, episode of the Hyperconscious Podcast. Today we are all the way up in Barrington, New Hampshire, out in the freaking woods with Katie Maggio, the host of the Level 10 Life Podcast. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Thank you for coming. I know you probably thought you were coming here to be killed. So <laughs> I actually told Ellen that. <laughs> yeah, on the way here. On the way here as we pull down your street. But we like are here. Deliverance. Yeah. We are here. We are alive. And we are about to make some brain gains. So, yes, we are. Yeah. Um, I will let you tell a little bit about yourself. Okay. What's going on in your life? What's your podcast about? All the good things. Wonderful. Well, again, my name is Katie Maggio, Level 10 Life Podcast. And it is literally all about people who are living a level 10 life, meaning they are living to the best potential they can absolutely be every single day. Love it. And it's, and it's, you know, it's a proverbial statement, but it means something completely different to every single person. Completely. So when I ask you what it is, it's going to be a different answer than what it is for absolutely, you. Absolutely. For Just sure. Is, it is what it is. And that's the first thing I ever ask any client of mine. And that's the first question. What does a level 10 life look like for you? 
And we map that out and then we go from there. And then we touch Ooh. on 10 parts of their life. They're all intertwined together. 10 parts. Yes. So you have specific 10 parts mm-hmm. that, that you, interesting. So love it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, they're everything, everything you can truly have it all. And I believe that. Yes, I, I do too. Yeah. Maybe not all at once. Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I want all the cake. I love it. Have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> so you were at a event with a guest we just had on, which is fascinating because there is always a story about how we sort of get our guests on the show. You reached out to us on Instagram. I love the fact that you have a podcast. I was telling Kevin this on the way up. Level 10 lifestyle. I love that because it kind of implies high standards for oneself. Absolutely. And you mentioned with your clients that you asked them, like, what are you feeling today? What are you at? And I always say that what gets measured gets managed. And so if you're at, let's say, a six, you are basically saying, okay, maybe I'm not having the best day in the world, but how do I get to a 10? And then you can work from there because you measured it. So that's awesome. Absolutely. Um, you were at an event earlier today with a guest we just had on, Lori Harder, and you're having lunch with her tomorrow. Kind of crazy how that all worked. I know. Yeah. There I, is I no coincidence. I didn't even, it was, I was looking at it and literally I'm, I'm texting you guys on your way up and I'm like, uh, look who I was with today. Yep. Well, you knew it too because of, yeah, she yeah. was here in New Hampshire. Yeah. I, it's crazy because a month ago, I had no idea who you were. I knew who Lori was, but like we hadn't talked or two months ago. I knew who you were a month ago. When you reached out, I knew who you were, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't remember the exact date yeah. after we did our, our research and all that. But then you guys happened to be in an event together I know. on the same day that we come up to podcast with you after we just podcasted with her. I know. What are the, like, what are the odds? They, they must be astronomically low. Yeah. That's absolutely. crazy. And her husband, Chris, was there too. Right. He is they're just unbelievable. They are awesome. It's it's mind-blowing to me. And also, like, we were talking in the preamble that we go into people's houses and it's like the second you just feel the warmth, you feel the love. I was like, hey, are you a hugger? Because I'm kind of a hugger. And you were like, oh, I'm a hugger. And my dog hugs too. And yeah. the dog hugs. <laughs> um, but yes. it's just, it's, it's so nice when you feel in alignment with what's going on. Like, all of this feels normal. Yeah. There's no awkwardness. There's no, I'm not sweating yet. Um, Alan probably is, but yeah, <laughs> it, it, it feels right. And when it feels right, you know, you're onto something. And I think we will all be forever changed from having this conversation that we're going to have. And I'm super excited to do it. Absolutely. Well, and that's what I said when I reached out to you guys, because again, I seek out people who I think are living a level 10 life. Mm. And you definitely, from everything that I saw on your social media and on your podcast, you guys are living a level 10 life. It means the world to me. Yeah, we appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. We try to lead by example. Practitioners of what you preach. 100%. That's exactly, that's what I was telling you guys. You know, I have life coaches. I have a spirituality coach. I have a fitness coach. I have a nutritionist. I heavily invest in my own self because how can I then pass it on to anybody? Not even clients, but my family, my friends, you know, anybody. How can I be the best person for anybody else if I'm not the best person for myself? I love it. And that it, that's just a fact. And until you truly figure that out, you, you can't be the best person you can be. So you're investing in your own personal growth. And the more that you grow, the more value you can bring to your clients. Absolutely. So it's growth and contribution. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. And that's like a cycle. So the more you contribute, the more excited you get to grow. And then the more you grow, the more excited you get to contribute. And it's like a growth cycle for everybody. Absolutely. Ah, oh, that's awesome. You were talking earlier about how you don't like to be around people that aren't extraordinary. And that is something that 
I know I'm dealing with. I have conflicts with that right now. Yeah. I know you are. For sure. Um, I guess there are parts that aren't so glamorous about this mindset. And one of that, one of those things is just because I went to high school with you doesn't mean I'm going to be friends with you forever. Because if you don't add anything to my life, I'm sorry. And it sounds cruel, but success is cruel, right? Life is cruel. This is life. It's not easy. What does it take for somebody to stay in your life? Like they have to add some value. Right, and it's not. I don't want you to give me money. I don't need you to do this. I just need you, and I I put it like this: I need you to be living your level ten life, basically, using your words, stealing your words. (laughs) If you're living your level ten life, I don't care if you want to be a millionaire. I don't care. That's fine. I want you to do what you want to do, what makes you happy. But I want you to live up to your highest standards. Is it similar to the same as as you feel? Absolutely. Okay. So let me uh, elaborate on that. Absolutely. So there's a couple, I have a couple of thoughts on that. One, I surround myself with extraordinary people in the sense of the fact that even my closest, closest personal friends who I would go out and, you know, have cocktails with or coffee with, they are people who have now taken what they've had and they are starting to live their level 10 life. You know, I have, I have friends who now are real estate agents, a very high uh, and homes. I have people that flip houses. I have life coaches in my life. I have all these people who are going to add value from me because they're going to continue to raise me up. Now you guys are my friends. <laughs> yes. You're going to continue to raise me up. But that's the thing. You get the tribe of people in your life who you truly are going to learn from. And that's why what we were talking about, I went to the summit today and, and tomorrow. Um, Amber Lillier-Strom, she is amazing. Hi, Amber. Hi. Shout out to Amber. Yep, exactly. So it was her summit today, and she had, again, um, Lori and her husband, Chris, among other keynote speakers, who tomorrow, I cannot wait for day two tomorrow, because I will tell you what, it is intense. Her her summit is very intense, but you need to do these things to grow as a person. You need yeah. to do these things to continue to enrich yourself. But with that being said about the extraordinary people, you, absolutely, you can surround yourself with people. But think about this. Think about, so say, right, you're like, all right, I have some friends in my life just because I went to high school, blah, blah, blah. They may not check all the boxes, and you may not hang out with them all the time, but you could potentially have somebody in your life who they don't check any of the boxes, but they're a fashionista, or they're exceptional at Instagram, or they add some value in some way in your life. And then you take that, and you say, okay, well, this person isn't going to, be everything to me and that's okay as well yeah but as a lot of people say the five closest people that you surround yourself are the people who are the reflection of you yeah totally so there's a couple of different schools of thoughts on that for sure i heard an albert einstein quote recently that blew my mind he said where everyone is a genius but if you judge a fish by how well it can climb a tree it's going to think it's an idiot oh look at that yeah so everyone does have something that they're extraordinary at and I think there's a way to extrapolate the value. But it is allocate your time accordingly based on... Because if you think about it, right, you need to grow in order to contribute. And the only way to grow is to get around other people who are also growth-oriented. So the more time you spend with people who aren't growing, the less you grow, which is detrimental to the people that you need to serve and help and contribute to. So it's almost like you owe it to your mission and the people that you're helping, your people that you're coaching, to get around people who help you expand. Absolutely. Right? And it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It is hard sometimes, I think, when you care about someone. So here's a great question. And, and this is to piggyback on what Kevin's saying. So you're saying there's always something 
to gain from every association. Couldn't agree more. Everyone has value, for sure. What, what do you do when someone in your life has an aversion to a lot of what you're about? Especially these conversations. Yeah, especially these conversations. So they, they, do, they don't like it? Or they don't they're, like they're, it. They're shying away from it? Or, they, yeah. or they're, well, okay, per, the, perfect. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go on that. So what happens is a lot of times when people are starting to do something extraordinary like this, right. living a level 10 life and doing podcasts and doing this whole thing, you're going to automatically lose people. You just are because you're going to get the naysayers. You're going to get the people in your life who are going to try to protect you and all the different reasons why you shouldn't do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But the thing about that is it's okay because at the age of 19 and you're moving forward, you're not going to be the same as 30. You're not going to be the same as 40. You're not going to be the same as 50, 60. You know, you're going to evolve and change. And if that person is not part of your life, and so be it. You can't have that one person dragging you down when you want to go to summits and you want to hire life coaches and you, you want to read motivational books and listen to mod- motivational podcasts. If somebody's going to say to you, well, that's silly or, or be a naysayer, uh, well, then that's their agenda. That's their agenda. You cannot take that personal and you have to learn from that and realize that you may have to put that person at a distance because they're not enriching you. So are there any rooms that you're ever in with close friends that do have value that you do care about that maybe you don't feel like you can fully express yourself? Because because I'm so much about these kinds of conversations, I find it difficult to not want to talk about my passions. Uh, Fitness is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. I live, breathe fitness every day, all day, every day. And when I'm around people who really don't like fitness, it bothers them when I talk about it. But that's the problem, right? The, the suppression, I always say, the suppression of self-expression leads to depression. Do you have any rooms that you're in that you find it difficult to be your full self? Because we talked about how unapologetic you are. Mm. But if it bothers them, you being you, how do you even navigate that? Truthfully, I don't really truthfully associate myself in a, in a close manner with those type of people. I just okay. don't anymore. I've, yeah. I've kind of eliminated them out of my life. Okay. And if I'm going to have an acquaintance or there's going to be other people, then yeah, sometimes you assimilate a little bit, okay. you know, if, but there's also topics you never should be bringing up with people, you know, hot buttons. But if you're passionate about fitness, you should be surrounding yourself with people who are going to respect you no matter what. Yeah. and love what you're about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's also setting boundaries for yourself. Yeah. It's all about boundary setting. Love yeah. it. I it's it's super hard because when people hear, I'm I think I'm more intense than Alan is when it comes to like, just fucking do it. I don't yeah. care what your excuse is. Just do it. <laughs> you either want it or you don't. I was yeah. on the ride up here. <laughs> yeah. Every, yep. It's cold for everybody. It's early for everybody. It's yeah. scary for everybody. <laughs> yeah. You know the difference? I want it more than you. That's it. Yeah. I am nothing special. I, I say that all the time. <laughs> Alan thinks I am. Yeah, you but are. For from sure. the aspect of, again, this is, this is all a dream come true to me. I, I didn't see this three years ago. This wasn't even a thing. I didn't know what podcasting was. The difference between me and somebody who is just starting it and is afraid is when I was afraid, I just kept going. That's what you should do. If you're afraid, just keep going. I don't, I think too many people are, they want to be safe and they want to be comfortable. And when you're friends with somebody, you want them to be safe and you want them to be comfortable because you know that's what they want, right? But the hardest conversations I've ever had, the most hurt I've ever been, that has changed me and motivated me to be better more than anything else has. So how do you let somebody know that like, look, I know this sucks. 
I know that I'm kind of like tearing you apart here, but I'm not doing it to tear you apart. I'm doing it because nobody's had the balls to do it, and you're going to thank me for this later. (laughs) 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 Rant number one. (laughs) Well, anybody can be mediocre. Anybody can be average. You know, that that's just how life is work, you know, works. You know, we were we were brought up in and wait, you need to color in the lines, you have to not make waves, don't bite your friend. Like, you know, <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> don't, don't don't spit on your neighbor, like you know. I know, right? All these things. But and then when we grow older, we we still have that mentality until we really find ourselves. And then when you do, you're like, all right. I'm sorry, my friend, but you're average and I want to be extraordinary. Right. Yeah. And that is just life. That yeah. is just life. And you know, you don't have to be hurtful about it. You don't. You have to be like, all right, I'm sorry now. You're not going to be in my friend circle. Right, right. But yeah. maybe we'll see each other once a year. Like, hey. Yeah. And that's all right. That is life. That is a part of life. And people, you cannot. You cannot curate friends just based on longevity. You can't curate friends based on hidden agenda. You can't curate friends based on a multitude of different things. And you also have to realize when you're being taken advantage of as, of as well. And people do get taken advantage of. Totally. You need to find your truth and find who's going to rise you up. Just like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Find your tribe. Find those people who are going to be there no matter what for you. If you want to sit there and ramble on and talk about fitness and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but I'm not going to, I'm going to be like, this means a lot to you and I'm going to take value out of it because I enjoy fitness too. But maybe I'm going to learn something from you so that I can pass it on in the future. But you are passionate about it and I'm part of your tribe. So. Oh, I love that's it. beautiful. I love it. That's really good. So, Hmm. I think we always say nobody rides for free. What do we mean by that? We mean that if you're not adding something to, I always say if there's someone next to me, they're better at something that I want to get better at, which I think is important. We're talking about tribe here. And everyone has something that they're extraordinary in. So you just said like, if you want to be ordinary, that's fine. I I posted on my Snapchat today. I said, being extraordinary and being ordinary is not moral. It's not ethical. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just, you get this one life. If you want to be extraordinary, the answer to that is hard fucking work. Mm -hmm. And I said basically the formula for ordinary is basically doing ordinary things, people that most people do. That's like the definition of average. Like if you want to, if you're going to be doing what everyone does, you're going to basically be like everyone else. If you want to be extraordinary, you're going to have to do the things that are more difficult. I would say a little bit of pain today for a better tomorrow is always better than a little bit of pleasure today for a worse tomorrow. What are your thoughts on investing today for a brighter future and why don't more people do that? Like seriously, why are most of us consuming time, energy, and money and not investing it? Well, as you know, I'm a huge fan of investing. Yes. Yeah, clearly. Like, yeah, absolutely. But it's because people are scared. People don't want to do it and there's, that's holding them back from it. So here's a great example, right? So say you're going to invest in a life coach and I'm just throwing an arbitrary number. Say the, the amount of life coach is $10,000 and okay. you're like, oh, this is a lot of money. I don't know if I can afford it. You know, I don't know if my husband or wife is going to go for it. And you make all these excuses for it, but you know you want it. You know you want to go for it, but you're letting you're making excuses. You're letting the monetary amount be excuse and you're letting somebody else's opinion be an excuse. It's the big one. That's the big one. Someone else's opinion. Yeah. No doubt. And it's usually family and friends. It's usually people right in your collective circle. Yeah. And the thing is, you have to realize that once you take that leap, there's going to be, again, we're going to continue using the tribe. There's going to be a tribe of human beings out there that are going to welcome you in and be 
Because birds of a feather. Yeah. And just because the people directly in your immediate circle right now, present day, doesn't understand it, well, fuck, whatever. You yeah. Know? It's, it's like that. you will grow, and then once you get past that barrier, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh. Right. It's a whole other world. People. It's a whole other world. Wow, and they're going to embrace you. And then in turn, then you're going to show those people what it is you're going to teach them because it's all about learning it's all about teaching and it truly can be an ignorance you know they just maybe not know about life coaching right. not podcasting or podcasting or you might be the first one to ever want to start a business or now yeah. you're an entrepreneur and they may not grasp that yeah but then they but and a lot of times people think well we want to save you money and we don't want you to fail failure is a part of life oh yeah failure Ooh. is an absolute part of life you cannot live and be extraordinary without putting yourself out there for failure. Yeah, 100%. You know, and, and there's so many ways to get around it. That monetary aspect, there is, you, you can never tell me that money and time are a factor. It's, it's, there, you can always find time and you can always find money. Yeah. End of story. I Listen, love that. Mentality. Yeah, I love that Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Think about, think about all the people who are, just the other day, I listened to, um, uh, you know, Shark, Tank, ah, and John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love he Shark Tank. Had yeah. a great story. I mean, he lived in Hollis, Queens, and you know, the height of the beginning of you know hip hop and rap music. Yeah, he literally was in the corner of the street sewing hats, Fubu hats, and then now he is a multi multi billion dollar empire yeah. with on Shark Tank. But sometimes all we see is the polished product. Is the polished product. Yeah. They don't look back and say, "Wow, he was literally sewing hats by hand." I so I told my girlfriend this recently. Uh, we were talking last night, and I said, "You know, the more I study successful people, the more I realize that all of them at one point were like dirt poor. Mm-hmm. Like Mariana was living out of her car at seventeen. Like we've all been, and and I think that." The pain that we associate to being dirt broke is what gives you the incentive, the fire to eventually want to be wealthy. Well, you always say 100%. good, what, the enemy to great is good yeah. or good enough. Good enough, yeah. It, I never felt like when I was growing up, my life was good en- enough. Yeah. Like I Same, all, my family always rented. We never owned anything. Yeah. I vowed when I moved out, I will, I will own something and I will own a lot of some things. I am not renting yeah. for my entire life. I, that is not an option for me. Love that. So, the, but that that was my fire. Right. Terrence, you know what I mean. Terrence told us on the episode that's that's going to be releasing soon. He basically said that he's a he was in the financial industry for twenty five years, just, just super wealthy, uh, incredible financial mind. That was his level of mastery. That was his value. Um, he said that all wealth cr- is created by owning things, and he mentioned owning your own time, which you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just hit on the head. It, basically, that it's never resources that are a problem; it's the lack of resourcefulness. Mm-hmm. Can you go into an example where you didn't have the resources, but you found them? Because Absolutely. One thing I just want to say real quick, is, to every listener out there right now, what I find most fascinating is that the most successful people are the ones who have all the accountability partners, like you mentioned, and the coaches, and the peak performance partners, and the mentors. And it's like, Jim Rohn has a quote. He says, sometimes the people who need it most are the least inclined. Um, piggyback on that and tell me what, what changed you to want to start hiring coaches and investing in self and personal growth and development? And, and then give an example of when you didn't have the resources, because now you obviously do, and you found them. Well, it's because I knew, I knew that I wasn't being... I've always known that I have been put here on earth for something great. 
Love that. I, I just I just always knew that. I had Beautiful. an incredible work ethic. I was raised in a small business mentality. Literally, you know, uh, at five years old, I was standing on a milk crate ringing you know, ringing people out. Exactly. Pet yeah. stores. I was like a circus act. People would be like, look at the little girl <laughs> ringing up my cat. Hey, come here, Mary. Like, look at this. Love it. Like, you know, and, and from there, you know, I, I learned how to stock shelves and I, then I learned how to do ordering. And by like the time I was like 12, I was doing schedule. So anyway, I worked up, but again, that came from that, you know, small business mentality. The bus would literally pick us up and drop us off at the store when, you know, it was time my mom got home from her job. She would pick us up, go home, have dinner. Yeah. You got it over and over and over every weekend you know, work, work, work. So I gained a, a work ethic very, very early. My parents were middle class. So we, we didn't have anything extraordinary, you know, yeah. like, never. Like it wasn't, you know, I mean, they own their own home and everything. And, and they put the, a huge emphasis on education. Okay. A huge emphasis. Love it. And, and again, there's a different school of thought about education. I personally am elated that I have a college education. Yeah. Uh, I'm a wildcat. You and Elated. Whoop. I love that vocabulary. Whoop. Hell yeah. I'm elated. I, I elated. mean, I, I couldn't imagine, and I know a lot of people don't, and that's no, fine I, with I don't. them. I yeah. don't. No, and it's okay. But you're proud of that. Matter. Right. And you should be. That's awesome. You should be. Beautiful. One, one of my best friends, she doesn't have a college education, but she has risen the ranks through its corporate environment. Now she's like a huge, you know, she's at the top. And she of, she also often said she wished she had a college education. Yeah, Terrence mentioned and that I'm too. And I'm like, but you look where you are. And she just, anyway. Yeah. So that, that was that. So I had my work ethic. And then I just always knew I wanted more. I always knew I wanted more. And then when I realized truthfully that I was not living my own truth, I was living everybody else's truth. Mm. I was living out of a place of complete scarcity. I was, you know, I was basically just hurt and angry over different things and continuing a repetitive pattern that was making me the lesser version of my true self. And then once I truly got the grasp, I, I really feel I call it finding my truth. And that was the day that... I realize I am never, ever, ever, ever going to be great until I invest in myself and I figure out what 100% I need to do for me because I cannot be the best mother. I cannot be the best spouse. I, you know, I, I wasn't a good spouse the first time around because I wasn't in the right mindset. So um, I, I talk a lot about, a lot of society talks a lot about PTSD and that's a mm -hmm. real thing for sure. But post-traumatic growth is something I talk about more yeah. because whenever the trauma happens, our brain will link up, okay, what, a subconscious brain will link up, like, what caused that? And I always try to say that a lot of times our greatest pain gets turned into our greatest power. So you mentioned that you had this shift. You found your truth, right? And to me, that jumps off the page as a post-traumatic growth moment. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit in the preamble, and we like to go deep on this podcast, pull back the curtain behind yeah. the success. And... Is, was that after you did mention that you had a divorce? Mm -hmm. Was that when you found your truth and realized like, never again am I going to accept anything less than I can be? Or was it something else? Because I can yeah. sense a moment of like rising sort of after some horrible trauma maybe. Um, am, I, am I accurate on that? And, and do you want to go into it? Oh, yeah, it's fine. And yes, and it was it, definitely, that was a very much a point in my life because I personally was not being the best person I could be. I, I knew it. It, I don't know whether you want to call it self-sabotage or whatever word you want to use for it, but I was never going to continue on in a manner that was going to allow me to do anything 
wonderful, including be a good friend, including be a good mentor, including be a good mother, including being a good partner, nothing. I could do nothing until I figured out what was wrong with me. So there's a quote that I always say. It's, it's um, we cannot see the stars during the day. They're always there, but sometimes it takes the darkness to see clearly that which we simply couldn't within the light. And that's why I think like when we're in massive pain, emotional pain especially, spiritual pain, we kind of search for like, what does this mean? What can I do with this? And when you, when you reside in that dark night of the soul, that dark place for a long time, you basically make a decision where it's like, never again am I going to tolerate anything less than my fucking best. Yep. And I know that you can sense that in me right now because oh, yeah. I've had that. Alan swore. What do we say? <laughs> what do we say? Tony Robbins calls it no man's land. He says, people are unhappy but not unhappy enough to do anything about it. You got pushed into or put yourself into a place where you were unhappy enough to change forever. Yes. What do we say to people who aren't there? What do we... What do we, yeah, what do we do? What do they do? They, honestly, they have to want it. Yeah. You can band-aid it all you want and you can continue, you know, going down this road with a big smile on your face and doing, uh, here's a good example you were telling me before you went on air, which I really resonated. You were living your life and, you know, that you were this, that, and the other thing and everything was wonderful on the outside. On the outside. Wonderful. On the inside, you weren't happy. Not at all. But it was until you realized that personally and you were willing to forego all that other stuff to rebuild. Yeah. From scratch. Yeah. From scratch. Katie, do you think that people deserve, and I'll put deserve in quotes, I don't think, I, you do not deserve anything you don't work for, in my opinion. Absolutely. I think there's so many, like, everything happens for a reason. You, you hear people say that all the time. I think everything happens and you create the reason. The reason that it happened is what you do from it. So if you get fired from your job because you're an asshole, the reason is not because your boss was out to get you. The reason is what you make it. You should look yourself in the mirror and think, why did I get fired? Oh, you know what? I have an attitude problem. I have a, I have a fucking attitude problem. Yeah. And I should really fix that. That's where the pain starts. And then from the pain, you can fix it. But how do you... How do you look yourself in the mirror for the first time and realize like, oh, I'm not perfect. Like my shit does stink and I am, I am flawed, but that's okay. Like how do you look yourself in the mirror and, and then, then build from there? Yeah. And then how do you build when you realize like, oh, I'm not who I thought I was? Mm. The gut well, check. I know that exactly. Right? <laughs> well, every, the pain is always real, but the suffering is truly optional. Ooh, Ooh shit. Teaser now. clip. <laughs> And teaser so, clip. No, <laughs> it's true. No, I will quote you. <laughs> it's true. Absolutely. It's how you deal with it going forward. So when you then figure out, all right, well, I'm not part of my language. Or I'm a fucking asshole, you know, and then once you truly, and that could be feedback from other people. Like I yeah. talked about one time, I got a yes. bad performance yes. review. Yep. Bad performance and review. I, yep. I talk about my podcast. I got a bad performance review and it was nothing mechanical. It was just, I had a bad attitude because I had an ego. Mm. And when that happened, that was a gut check because at first I did the blame game, but then afterwards, truthfully, I was like, so thankful for that. So thankful for that feedback yeah. because it really started because of what to you made me, from it. Correct. Yeah. Really, really got me started thinking because then I truly took that and I looked inside myself and I said, 
I, you're right. I'm not anybody's mentor. I'm just an asshole. Interesting. <laughs> so in that circumstance, this was on one of your podcasts, mm-hmm. you were in sales and you were killing it. You were the top salesperson. Yes. I can relate to that as well, but you were basically told by, was it a mentor? No, it was on my performance review. It was a performance review, yeah. so it was just a boss. Yeah. Okay. And they said that you were, they were asking you to be more of a mentor and not make right. other people feel stupid. Right. Um, I also in my past have unfortunately and, and you know, uh, not on purpose, made others feel stupid because I think I was trying to flaunt my intelligence. And I, I you know, Jim Rohn has a quote. He says, always try to express, not impress. Mm, I like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm still working on that Rohn. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jim Did Rohn's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, Don't lie but to so you, what, was, what, what was different? So you got feedback mm-hmm. that was like kind of a gut check, like Kevin just described. What was different about that moment than the other ones? Ah, like I'm question. sure there was other ones that you didn't, resonate that didn't get through right so so what was different i'm always looking for what what was different it was because at that point i was older you know i was was older self you know i was almost 30 i wasn't in my 20s anymore so before i quick before i answer that let me just touch on something different okay if somebody asked me one day and i love 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 this question and it it, it'll come full circle to that Mm. people say what advice would you give your younger self Oh, I love that question. Yes. I asked that question. Usually I was, it's I think I might, question. I'm going to ask you yeah, it too. Great. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah. Okay. Love <laughs> it. Good, good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Let's go. Let's go. What would you tell your 20 year old self? My, so again, <laughs> oh, back to the, you know, my work ethic and everything, but I don't know if you know about it, but I was also an overachiever. Okay. Huge overachiever. Nice. You know, I was in this club and that club and softball star and you know, blah, 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 blah. Love it. But I was always the loudest one in the room. Mm. I was always the one who had to be the best, be the best always. And my advice to my former self now is that shut the fuck up. Yeah. You listen. So when I'm at summits or when I am, you know, listening to my coaches, I am all ears. I am present in that moment and I am listening and I'm learning. I'm not thinking about what I'm going to say next to like try to like one up them on the story or tell them how like better I did or, you know, just all those different things. Yeah. I now listen and I learn and I'm wiser for it yeah. because that is what has made me a better person. Because honestly, at the end of the day, what we were talking about before we came on air, nobody likes a disingenuous person. Nobody likes a dick. Yeah. You know, and, and people will come off like that. And that, so back to your question, is it was brought to my attention. So here I am ranting and raving about this performance review. And people were actually like, yeah, well, you're, yeah. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Do you think that's the first time someone tried to bring that? I resonate with you on that so much. Because I I told you I was a straight A student, like all that. So I do do think that I used to try to impress more than express before I learned that lesson. And I do, I'm working on my listening thing as well. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to get better at it. Um, But I'm also trying to add value as well. So I, but I'm sure there were moments when someone tried to tell you that before that you just weren't, they always say when, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Do you think there were moments before that where you could have seen it but weren't ready for that lesson maybe? Probably. Or was it was it someone in particular that told you that, that changed it? Like, do, Can you think of anything that was different that time? It, well, just because at that point I was then, because I heard something I didn't want to hear. Yeah. I played the victim. And then from there, I re- nobody's, you don't ever play the victim. You take it and own it. Right. Yeah. There's no victim, victim mentality. Come on. But mm-hmm. that's the thing. Then I started. Be- I became the victim, which is a super gross. 
you know, don't, that's not, that's not very becoming. Yeah. But from there, then I was starting to get this like feedback from some of the closest people in my life. And I was like, so it was multiple people at, at once. Point. Oh, right. that's what at it is. Okay. Yeah. So you got the performance review that told you that mm-hmm. by one person, and mm-hmm. then you talked about it, and they all agreed? Yes. So that's what did it. Yes. Okay, cool. So the tipping point. Yes. Love it. All yes. right, awesome. So this goes very close with tough love a little bit. Yes. Like, very much we so. are so afraid to like hurt someone's feelings, and everyone gets so butthurt about the truth, mm-hmm. but it's like... And I, I'm guilty of this too. Like I get defensive for yeah. sure. My girlfriend will try to help me with something and I'll get butt hurt. And, and she's like, I'm trying to help you. Yeah. And I'm, she's like, just listen. And it's like, yeah, but I'm giving her all the reasons why it is the way it is. She's like, no, but you're not hearing me. Right. I'm like, oh, okay. So let me calm down for a second. I always call it a, an unresourceful state. I call it halt. This is a little trick that I use. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Oh, if you're un- in an unresourceful state, here, here we, go. we go. Hang on to something. So it's H H A L T. Hang on to something. Hang on to something. If you're hungry, horny, angry, lonely, late, or tired, you're in what I call an unresourceful state, and you need to check yourself, take a deep breath, so that you can actually get feedback. As one of my favorite authors, Tim Grover, says in Relentless, he says the only difference between feedback and criticism is how you take it. Love Absolutely. it. Love it. You just rambled there a little bit. A little bit. A little bit of a ramble. Yeah. No, for bad. sure. But that goes back to I'm teasing. what I said before. <laughs> the pain is there, but the suffering's optional. Yeah, that was painful time, but I then made the suffering worse by then being a victim and yeah. you know, but then I changed it obviously. So n- now I deal with things different, but it's, oh it goes with that particular If you want. As with every episode, ladies and gentlemen, we do fail forward. So the hugging dog, which is a real thing. <laughs> Came in here and hugged the wire and pulled it out of Katie's mic. If it was my mic or Alan's mic, I wouldn't really give a fuck because I don't, you know, we're here for her. So, yeah. Hugging dog. Wherever we left off, we're back. We're sorry. Yeah. And um, so we wanted to start back with I always ask a super deep question What do you want to accomplish before you die? That is a tough question and it is very deep. But like I was saying just before we got on is that we live a very short time in our lives in proximity to how long man has been on this earth, how old the earth is. I mean, even think is now I'm getting philosophical. Here we go. Let's go do deep. it. Woo, go let's deep. go. We're philosophizers. <laughs> yes. I know. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So when I was younger, I used to be obsessed with dinosaurs. I really was. Very and cool. I always, I always looked at, so two things I was obsessed at when I was younger was dinosaurs and the fact that how long they lived on this earth and then they were completely wiped out. And then I was also obsessed with the Titanic. Oh, interesting. That particular, you know, tragedy and just the time period that it was in and the whole thing that, you know, was unsinkable and that people got on it, literally God himself couldn't sink this ship, that mentality and all the rich people on that were on the, you know, the the boat that we lost, you know, the owners of Macy's and, you know, all the other people that were on it. So, I was always Jack obsessed. Jack and Rose. Right, exactly. They were on it. Jack yep. and Rose. I'll never let go, Jack. But she did let go. I know. <laughs> she did and let go. And they proved that she could have got him on that thing. I know, Myth right? Myth 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 sorry, sorry to interrupt you. No, it's but so he didn't even true. want to take the that. chance. And then why the heck did she drop that thing in the ocean right. at the end? Millions of dollars. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Wasted. <laughs> the heart anyway. of the ocean sorry. belongs in the ocean. Sorry, guys. That was, that was a biography of the Titanic. That was real life. If you haven't seen the Titanic. Great movie, though. Great, I know, right? Oh, it's a great movie. So good. So... Um, anyway, so I was obsessed Draw me with like dinosaurs. one of your French girls. All right, come on. I interrupted her. We can't keep interrupting her. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. No, no, no I cried right, at the good, very end. And when he like <laughs> met her back up and all like the ghosts are clapping. I was like, oh my God, they're back together. Okay, I promise I won't do it again. <laughs> back to that. So 
the Titanic. I was always obsessed with those two things. And it really got me thinking at an early age. And anybody who knows me knows, anybody knows that I am almost borderline obsessed with the fact that we may, we're not guaranteed to live another minute. And that comes with just different life experiences that happen and just anything you see in the news or, you know, we won't get into the tragedies. But the point is, is that I looked at those two things and I was marveled at how long the dinosaurs were here and then the Titanic and that tragedy. And then I looked at myself or I said to myself, you know what, if I need to do something, if I'm going to have a legacy in life, I know I need to do something big. And I said that at an early age and that was kind of especially where my mentality was going. Mm. And I know that I, I needed to do something bigger. And our legacy is going to be remembered how we have truly portrayed ourselves being extraordinary. But that can also be a multitude of things, however it might be. Am I going to be the next Mark Zuckerberg that changes the face of social media? Probably not. Am I going to be the next, you know, Sean Parker that invented Napster and changes the way we downloaded music? Probably not. What I'm going to be remembered as, I'm not still 100 for sure yet, but I will tell you what. I am fucking doing my damnedest yes. every single day, every day to try to achieve a legacy because I'm trying to be, again, the best version I can be. And that's all I can say to people because when people are going to sit there and take their lives for granted, which so many people do, so many people take their lives for granted. I know. We are not guaranteed. What? What is the oldest we can possibly really live before our body gives out? 102 if we're like yeah. super old. You know, I mean, look at Barbara Bush. She just died at what? 93? Was it she? 92 or 93? You know, and, that, and that's a long, extraordinary life. But she did something. We will always remember Barbara Bush because she was incredible. That's her legacy. Whatever mine is going to be, I want to work for it. But that's not, everybody's not going to say that because people want safe. People want average. People want mediocre. And they're okay with not leaving a legacy. So that person is going to die and they're going to have two dates with a little slash mark. Mm. And they're just going to be one of those people in the bazillions of graveyards that are here on this earth that you, you, don't you ever go to a graveyard and wonder like, who was that person? I do. Yeah. Who knows? But that person was somebody to somebody. For sure. But who was that? I don't know. But yet you go into like the Granary Cemetery in Boston and there's, you know, whoever's, but they'll have Paul Revere, you know, yeah. we all know Paul Revere. Yeah. You know, okay, great. We know that guy, but who are all the other people around him? I have a plaque in my room that says it's what you do in the dash. Like yeah. In between the two years. It's Greg Plitt. Yep. Yep. Legacy Lives On was his thing. That's one of my heroes. So that leads me to my next question. Sure. Um, I always ask, that was the question that Kevin always asks. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have gotten in the habit of always asking uh, three questions in particular, and I'm not going to hammer them all at once, but I'll, I'll, I'll go in order. Sure. So favorite book and why. Okay. And then, so favorite mentors and why. Mm-hmm. And then favorite heroes. And, and the difference between a hero and a mentor, they're kind of similar, is that the hero you don't know in person mm-hmm. necessarily, you, but you learn from them from either social media or their books or their audio programs or whatever it is. So, yep. so uh, in order, and the why is the important part. Absolutely. So my favorite book of all times is The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People ah. by Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey. 100%. And that is a timeless book. I read it, reread it. I've done the workbook. And the, my favorite chapter is Sharpen the Saw. Sharpen the Saw. Always Sharp minds sharpen one another. Absolutely. I have that book on my bookshelf. Yep. 
I have it. It's scribbled in. I literally treat every one of my books like it's a college textbook. Oh, uh, yes. Absolutely. And that is it. That is my absolute favorite. And when you, you it's timeless. You, Great answer. You can go back to that and just, just read that final chapter, Shopper in the Saw. And it just reminds you all the time. You need to keep moving forward. You need to keep learning. And when you're scared and you're not sharpening your saw, well... You need to sharpen your saw. Right. You always have to be. I'm starting to realize why you invest so much in your own growth. It's awesome. I love it. Um, Next one is the mentors. Oh, the mentors. So I, my all-time favorite, and it's, I know this is cliche, but Tony Robbins. I Mm. cannot get enough of Tony Robbins. Yeah. I just think he is extraordinary on yeah. his uh, what he does to prepare for his uh, you know his, his summits and what he does for himself, what he does for others, who he's worked with. I mean, I that man can drop any name on the planet. I know, and it is amazing, and he has helped everybody. So I I love that. Another mentor, he's a more recent one. Well, he's been around. I really enjoy Gary Vee. Yeah. I think his realness is refreshing. Yeah. Um, I riveting. think riveting it exactly because yeah. you know at the end of the day you really don't know what he's gonna say but whatever comes out of his mouth you're like all yeah. right it always makes sense yeah. yeah it always makes sense yeah. yeah and people and he's not for everybody I get it I've met people who are like well you know he I just don't really like him and that's fine you can like whoever you want but I really enjoy Gary Vee so those two are people who I really just on a daily basis try to what would Tony Robbins do? What would mm. Gary Vee do? I like that. Yeah. I like that. Having something you admire. I always say, so Tony Robbins always says where energy goes, uh, or where focus goes, energy flows. Yep. I say where admiration goes, mm-hmm. energy flows. So what you admire, you become. Um, and be careful what you admire. Yeah. So um, that was hero. Those were heroes, right? Mm-hmm. So mentors, in-person mentors. Oh, okay. Super. No, no. So uh, for every listener, I always talk about how important in-person mentors are. And you and I talked a little bit after that uh, dog hugged the cord. Catastrophic the, failure. Yeah, that, that fail forward <laughs> incident. We talked a little bit about money. And I think one of the reasons, you, you basically said we grow up around people that maybe have a little bit of an aversion to money. They say, you know, that person cut me off in a Bentley or whatever. Oh, they're a rich asshole or whatever. And that's like programmed into us that rich means mean and, and malicious and greedy and all that shit. I think mentors are so important because it proves like in person, like, oh, this is a great human being and they have money. So it must be all bullshit and money's a good thing. So who do you have as mentors and who are your favorite mentors and why? Well, that's a little bit of a harder question, to be honest, because I've had a few mentors over the years. Mm. I've had a, I've had some in corporate America who've, who who got me through that. I've had I have mentors now who you know, especially my life coaches. They are my mentors because they, I I admire them because they are successful, but they've they're they're self successful and they've taken that journey. And they're doing it. They're doing it for themselves and they're doing it for everybody else. A good mentor is definitely somebody who's going to steer you in the right path and let you you do you and and really be wise on it. I And then also I had some good mentors in college that got me through that. Yeah, that, that is a hard question because I've had several over the years that mm. if looking back on it, if I didn't have them in certain milestones, yeah, right? I wouldn't be where I am today so because true. they got me through different So stages. it's hard to pick a favorite. favorite. Yeah, yeah, it totally Absolutely. is. Absolutely, because you needed them at that time. When the student right. is ready, the teacher will appear. Correct. Love it. On yeah. our last episode um, with Eddie Panero from um, Your World Within, Eddie. we were talking about money and how it's kind of like it's, money and wealth is kind of like the villain now. Like everybody, 
thinks that immediately if you're wealthy, you're not a good person. And so you talked about it a little bit there, but how, how can we tell people that money is a, is a product of, a byproduct of value? When mm-hmm. you add value, you get money. That's how it works, yeah. right? If you market yourself properly. But it doesn't make you a bad person. And if you're listening and you think, ah, I just don't want to be wealthy because I'm afraid of the person it will make me. It shouldn't change you. It should make you more of what you are and more capable of helping if that's what you want to do. But yeah. if somebody came up to you and said, look, Katie, money's just not for me. I don't, I don't think I would, I would take it very well. What would you say to them? Well, that <laughs> great question. <laughs> that anybody who's going to say stuff like that, I'm just trying to get by. I don't need that much money. That's ridiculous because honestly... It's because you probably had a poor relationship with money growing up. Mm-hmm. You probably heard it from your parents, you know, different sayings, you know, money doesn't grow on trees or, you know, money's the root of all evil. Mm. Or, you know, look at that person, that big house. Must that, be you know, nice. Must yeah, be must nice. be nice. Exactly. All these different things. You, you hear that as a kid. Mm. And then we grow up with this negative relationship with money. We right. grow up with this negative. Re- so when we have to write bills, like, oh, I have to write these bills. You know, you ever see your parents like whipping up their checkbook and eh. Yeah, right? You have to It's all subconscious it. shit. It's all subconscious. Ugh. Now, when I get, and the other thing, all right, sorry, I'm going to go on a tangent. No, do oh, it. Do it. Hammer it. <laughs> we, people need to talk about money. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's the other thing. And money is so, the topic of money is so taboo. How many, obviously we're all like, oh, you can't talk about how much you make. Right, or, right. You can't talk about money. Don't, or don't ask them how much their house was or, oh, that was rude. Yeah. That's, you know what? Be open about it and be yeah. with people that you're comfortable talking about it. So here's, here's a good thing. When you're going to write your bills, celebrate the bills, but also celebrate the money that's coming in. So for every, Mm. like I was telling you earlier, I love points programs. That's my favorite. And one of my favorite programs is Ebates. So it's an app. You just press Ebates and then you can go to any of your online stores. It links it. Literally, I don't work for Ebates. I'm I'm not an endorser. <laughs> if you're hearing me, Ebates, hire me. I'll be on one of your commercials. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a plug for you. But literally, I don't understand the premise of Ebates. I hit a little button. It brings me to the website that I want to buy the stuff to, and then I get a percentage from the website. Then I get something called a big fat check that comes in the mail. I like it's those. A paper, I know it's a paper <laughs> check, and every time I get it in the mail, whether it is seven dollars or I think I've even gotten some as high as like sixty-six dollars, <laughs> I literally take a snapshot of it on my phone. I'm like sending it to all my friends. I'm like putting it on Facebook. Right. I'm like, Look at this money, yeah. and people are like, yeah, that's like seven dollars. I'm like, yeah, seven more dollars than I had five minutes ago. Right. Mm. I'd walk my happy ass to the mailbox. There it was. Right. Yes. So I celebrate every single check that I get. I celebrate every new win. I celebrate every new opportunity to make money. But then you also have to celebrate the money that's going out because it's it's just the way it is. You can't you have to spend money to so make money. So when you pay for a bill, you you literally think to yourself like I'm grateful that I got the value cuz you're paying for something. Mm-hmm. Like electricity, we take it for granted, but it's like you are you Absolutely. do get electricity. Like not everyone yeah. had that. No. I was reading uh Abraham Lincoln book recently. They they didn't have uh, any electricity. <laughs> no. Nope. You know, and it's like so I'm paying my electric bill instead of being all pissed off, right. which puts negative mm-hmm. connotation around money. That's 100%. so huge. I've never. It's huge. Thought I've never thought of it. Yeah, it's like, very cool. Why are you like yelling at the the, the oh, electricity bill? You like, chose to pay. Well, it. then you know what? Don't have electricity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't have electricity. <laughs> right. then. My candles. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? We, it, this is 2018. Yeah. If you don't have electricity, I'm sure somebody's actually going to take your kid away or something. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> right, like, right. like wouldn't a Wi-Fi? Yeah. Like, you know, it's just things like that. Why are you? 
putting such a negative emphasis on the mm. things that we're paying for. And you can craft your bills in any way. And of course, there's always going to be unexpected things that come up. Yes. But you know what? You have to then look at that. It's again what I said. The pain is always there, but it's the suffering mm -hmm. that's optional. And if you want to choose a rant and rave about the unexpected thing, well, out of disaster comes opportunity. And you just have to look at it in the, for it is what it is. No complaining, no getting upset, no being angry is going to change the situation. That yeah. bill that you have, no matter what it is, is not going to go away in a responsible manner. I mean, if you want to go bankrupt right. or whatever. But that's a, not for the for what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but, you not know, for so our listeners. Not for right. our I, listeners. Think <laughs> I think it's similar to fitness, though, because how many times have you talked to somebody about fitness and they're like, oh, you're just obsessed. I know. Uh, yeah, I'm obsessed with bettering myself. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, money's the same thing. Yeah. I think a lot of people are afraid to want it because when you want it and you don't believe you're going to get it, there's a weird thing there. Like, I want, I will be wealthy yes. because I want to be wealthy and I'm okay saying that because yep. I will be able to help more people because of it. And if you weren't I comfortable want, saying that, it wouldn't happen. Right. right. And yeah. I want to be in shape. Yeah. That's why I do, like, yeah. I want and my drive are in line. I feel like with a lot of people, they won't, they aren't willing to say what they really want because they know they're not going to go after it. Right. I think there's a disconnect there too. Yeah. Oh, there's a huge disconnect. And another thing on that as well is we need to also put it into perspective that what truthfully what we're we're putting out there for ourselves is what we're going to receive and hold on wait a minute i lost my thought sorry no no, <laughs> no i do no, it all okay. totally just lost my thought i do it all the time no worries um, what we put out there we receive oh so if you're putting i know i think i know where you're going well, oh law of attraction on. well it is a law of attraction but so wait if a you're putting I, out negative energy about money i totally just lost it oh my gosh why why did i just lose it you want me to do the jeopardy thing no <laughs> no, that makes it worse. Oh, <laughs> no. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that. Sorry. No, no worries. This is podcast. So I, I, I um, was going to ask you this. Have you read, you're a big Tony Robbins fan, mm -hmm. and you just bought Unshakable. Yes. So hell yes. Have you read Money Master the Game? That. So, wait a minute. Talk about most valuable nope, books. Nope, nope, nope. Okay. Sorry. I was incorrect when I went and got the book for you. It wasn't Unshakable. It was that one. It was ah. Money Master the Game. Yes. Okay, so you are going to I love I can't wait. that book. It is... So unbelievably valuable. You know how passionate I was about telling you my story prior mm -hmm. to this podcast? And a lot of it was basically predicated on the fact that my slogan is what you'll never learn in school, but desperately need to know. Now, here, here it is. Oh, in I remember school, what I was going to say, by the way, but go ahead. We use... <laughs> no, no, we'll, we'll, we're going to yeah, get for back sure. to We'll that. cycle back. We use money every single day. Yep. Oh, yeah. We eat food every single day. Yeah. We weren't taught a fucking thing about money or food. What? You can't survive without either one. We weren't taught anything. Drives me crazy. Talk more about money. You'll learn about money. You'll be better with money. And you'll be happier. Stop running away from these conversations. They mm -hmm. need to happen. We also never talk about sex and intimacy. Me and Kevin want to start talking about relationships and stuff. It's oh, yeah. These taboo topics mm -hmm. are what we need to talk about because what we talk about, we think about. And what we think about improves. And what improves makes us happier. And it's like health, wealth, and love. We're not talking about wealth. We're not talking about health enough. And we're not talking about love. Right. right. Talk about things that matter with people who care. What was your thought? Well, no, this is what I was going to bring up. So the other caveat to all that is you want to be wealthy then in turn to be abundant for others. So here's a good example. Yes. Right truth. in our town, we have a ball field and they wanted to put up 
legit scoreboards instead of you know little Billy like oh, putting yeah. up the number like oh that's two to one and then you Poor know Billy, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> so, with the chalkboard exactly too so they wanted to put up a scoreboard like legitimate scoreboards but they had to find sponsors to to erect these scoreboards well we bought one of the scoreboards nice but we were able to do that right. I think it was like thirty five hundred dollar donation that's awesome which got up a scoreboard yeah. but if i wasn't doing what i'm doing i wouldn't have had the money to be able to do that and if i'm going to sit around and be like oh i'm just trying to get by well i'm not enriching anything else i want to be able to so one of the best moments of the summit today best moment ever was when the amber gets up her and her husband with the giant check and literally donated five thousand dollars to the cause and she Oh no! It was, I think it was ten thousand dollars. It was five or ten thousand. Oh my gosh! I don't remember now. I remember a picture. <laughs> <laughs> but literally said like part of the like ticket sales of everybody attending went it to this. Just donated. She donated all this money, and oh, it was like that quintessential beautiful. big check. But I, that was the moment. I was like, yay! Beautiful. But without all the you know the people in the summit who wanted to be there, who wanted to learn, then in turn wouldn't be able to give that to the charity. If you and part of the, the stuff I talk about living a level ten life is contribution and giving back, right. yes, whatever that may look like for you. Yep. But in a grand scheme of things, if you have something that you're extremely passionate about, then you're going to want to give back to that. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, I recently, I we told you, I told you in the preamble that I always felt like I was talented, but I always lacked self belief. What do you think the greatest indicator of somebody who has a successful life ahead of them is? Mm. I think it's belief. Mm. I think without belief, it doesn't matter how good you are, how your vision, like you have to believe that what you're doing is going to pay off. Yeah. What do you think it is? It's also confidence. Confidence. You know, Ooh, and, and that similar. is very yeah. similar. Yeah. And, and the one thing about that is there, that is part of fake it till you make it. <laughs> 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 but that is a kind of a fake it till you make it thing. Yeah. You know, I, um, you know, it's one of those things where you can't be afraid to put yourself out there by yourself. You're not always going to have a buddy. You're not always going to have a person to help you along because eventually, you know, you're not going to have a parent anymore holding your hand, bringing you to kindergarten. Eventually, you just need to learn. You need to do it on your own. And the sooner you learn that, the sooner you gain that confidence about being able to better yourself on your own, the sooner you're going to, everything else is going to fall in place. Just like going to a business summit or going to a meetup or something that's going to enrich mm. you. If you're, or even going to the gym. If you're like, oh, people are going to look at me or I don't want to do it by myself or how could I go to that meetup? Just do it. Yeah. Just go. Be Ooh. confident. Like that. I love it. All right, we're running out of time. So you got. Oh, sorry. No, 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 not you. Not you. No, you got. Sorry, not sorry. Give you a question. You can, you can yeah. do if you want to do a final. There's a super. I want to piggyback on that self belief and confidence thing that you just said. So belief for you, confidence yeah, for yeah. you. Um, there is this study, and I'm, I'm blanking on the. It's a super famous study, but basically they had students who took a test. They all took the same test, and half the room was told that they were intelligent and the other half of the room was congratulated for their work ethic, for the, how hard they worked on the test. They then took another test, harder test, and they rated their scores. The par portion of the people who were told that they worked really hard got through the harder test and got a 30% better score. Thank you. And I think that a lot of us were, grew up like say like like being told like you're intelligent but it's work ethic that 
I think matters far more. And when you said that confidence and self-belief are most important, if you don't believe that the price you're going to pay today is going to pay off tomorrow, it's the price promise principle, then you're not going to put in the work today to become better tomorrow, whether it's a test or a sport or whatever it is. Um, and I just, I think that we need to really start looking more at work ethic and effort more so than the results. Because like you said in the beginning, you have to fail. We fail literally every time. Every something. And if we were basing our progress on whether or not we were failing, we would stop because we'd think we were failures. Correct. But our effort is always 110%, you know, each and every time, and we're upping that ante. What are your thoughts on what we're told growing up regarding intelligence and, and the seventh place trophy nonsense stuff? Like, what's your take? What, what would you tell a teacher who's teaching high school and middle school students? Like, what, what lesson can we instill to the youth to become leaders like you in the future? If not first, you last, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> love it. What are you talking about? The second, third, fourth? Is it even fifth? I was high when I said that. <laughs> it's a great movie. Funny. It is a funny movie. Yeah. You're not on fire. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think that, that that's a that's a it's. I have a really interesting thought process on that, and. The problem is, is it's not always that popular these days, mm. but we are definitely setting the youth up for failure Yes, with giving them that false identity. Okay. Yeah. You're in T-ball and you're just learning to hit the thing off the tee. Absolutely. Here's a little trophy, Billy. Like you're right. great. You're great. But once you're getting into, you know, higher, 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 that's not, you know, the case. So here's an interesting uh, thing. So my oldest daughter, she plays very competitive softball. She's on all-star teams. She's very good. Not surprised. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's excellent. She's uh, 13. And she one day realized they won the championship, but the runner-up team got the same size trophy. Interesting. And the kids noticed that immediately. Yeah. And they were like, why did they get the same size trophy as why we did? Why did they get a trophy at all? We... Well, that's the other question. Thank you, thank you. Like, that's that was my question. When you get into but the business, like, oh, when you like, get into the business world, it's a meritocracy. Dude, dude. Like you're no hundred percent. Yeah, it, that that's that was actually my thing. But the Can kids do notice left. that. What do you think that does to their psyche? And that's the thing. I was first of all, it was it was interesting for two reasons. One, the fact that the kids were even noticing it at that age, and mm. they were like, "Okay, we just busted our ass for three full days." doing these tournaments in the sweltering heat and we came out the champions. Mm -hmm. Why did the second place team get the exact same size trophy or trophy at all? Um, so that was interesting for me, but I think that that is also setting kids up for the mindset. Well, I don't have to then if I'm going to get a trophy, if I'm second place, so I guess I just don't have to work that hard. Why do I have to win the tournament? If I'm going to get the same size trophy, I'm still going to put it on my mantle. I'm still going to put it on my bureau. still going to look good. That's the subconscious thing. We're, right. we're growing up. Yeah. But the problem is, we were talking earlier about like having a super hard conversation with either of you would probably be pretty easy because you've had them before and you're capable of having them. You raise your children with it's okay to lose, which it is in certain situations, right? Yeah. But you don't get rewarded for your losses. Yeah. By society. You get rewarded from your losses from yourself when yeah. you teach yourself how to win. Yeah. So Billy gets a trophy in T ball. Then he gets one for making eighth place in Little League. And then he gets to high school where 
things are a lot different in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Billy cannot handle it because he's never he's been. never leveled up each, the problem, each way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went from having the swimmies on. I know. To not swimming for 20 to years, the going into the ocean. Sharks, what do you yeah. think's going to happen? What do you think's going to happen? I know. Mm-hmm. And then that's going to be so emotionally devastating. He's going to stop trying altogether. Right. And he's going to quit. Right. And then oh, who knows that's what huge. Happens. Yep. Ooh, that's huge. We just went deep. And then they're going to have to give him a safe place. Right. Interesting. Safe place. Is this the same Billy with the chalkboard? <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, maybe he'll be doing that forever. All right. So we're running out of time. Probably will. <laughs> we're running out of time. I want you to plug all the things. All the things. Where can people find your podcast? Where can they find you online? Where can they, all that happy jazz? Wonderful. So you can find me on katiemaggio.com, K-A-T-I-E-M-A-G-G-I-O. And then you can also find me at level10method.com, level10method.com. And then I'm on Instagram at the Katie Maggio. The. The. One and only. K-A-T-I-E-M-A-G-G-I-O. And then Twitter, the Katie Maggio. And then Facebook at level10life. And then the Level 10 Players Club is actually coming out very soon. Yes. Shout out. Hopefully going to be launched uh, within the next week or so. If you need a couple people to flex yes, for that. Right. Which Kevin will. and I will be a part of yes, yes. as well. You guys are going to be a part of it. Yes. So yeah, we're super, super grateful for that. Yes. Anything else? And that's pretty much it. Honestly, um, this has been a pleasure. And I just want everybody to know that podcasting is such a way to bring people together and there's so many options out there but to find each other's podcasts subscribing to them giving them five star reviews to help other people find them is is just key and and also you know supporting each other so i love it love it thank you guys well ladies and gents we're gonna sign off i hope you have a great night it's not nighttime where you are it's nighttime here (laughs) everything's messed up it's fine um we're gonna sign off And uh, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you.